This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Fill it out, and you can pass that card into me or to one of our shepherds, or there's a box in the foyer that you can drop that card off in as you depart this morning. We want to have a record of your attendance so that we can invite you back out to this church because we have a lot of neat stuff going on. And I don't think you'll find a finer church in all of Mission Viejo. So we're so honored that you're here with us this morning to fellowship with us. want to make this, this real quick announcement. If you see me walking around in circles and talking to myself, um, I'm not going crazy, okay? But I am probably thinking about all the things that need to be done for vacation Bible school, okay? And I want to uh, make this announcement real quick so everybody hears it. Immediately after the service today, we're going to have a five-minute meeting. And many of you are like, yeah, right, we're on Church of Christ time, so that means about 10. But a five-minute meeting immediately after the service. I want the volunteers to come, and I've got some things I need to share with you uh, about what we're going to be doing over the next couple of weeks. So with that being said, um, you know, students have been graduating all over the place uh, this past month. Many of you have... Uh, friends and extended family members and grandchildren and children and so forth. And you've been seeing the pictures online of them with their diplomas, their degrees, looking so excited about graduating and moving on to the next step. And typically what you do is you ask these students, okay, what's the plan? And you know what many of them say? I don't know, right? And a lot of parents get nervous because you heard of boomerang children, right? So, but People get confused. Students get confused on what the next step is uh, after they progress after graduation and move forward in their lives. And I think next steps are very, very important. And I think they're important to God. And we read about commencements, if you will, new beginnings and new or next steps all throughout Scripture. So this morning, we're going to continue on in our sermon series entitled Walking in Faith. And we're going to talk about how walking in faith leads us to process this idea of what we do with our lives when it comes to next steps, when it comes to moving forward. In particular, we'll talk really to our youth this morning and thinking about them. I've got a couple of passages of Scripture, and then the message will be yours. The first passage I want to look at is found in uh, Genesis chapter 1, and it's the story of the creation story. And all of us here this morning have probably read through Genesis. Uh, We probably no doubt read through Genesis chapter 1, and we know these stories very well, but the reason why I want to look at this text is because I think it spells out the importance of God loving this idea of new beginnings, commencements, or next steps. And I think these scriptures talk uh, clearly to us about how God had a plan from the very beginning and how we ought to have plans as well. It says here in Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty, darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. As we examine this text, it's very clear that in the beginning, we 
see a God that is all about creation and commencement and new beginnings and new steps. And if we think about the progression of how he created the world, he started off with light, right? And then he moved into the sky and then he made the land and the plants and the stars and the birds and the land animals. And then lastly, he created man. So we see his plan from the very beginning. He's constantly thinking in terms of what is next. God had a plan, and I think as disciples of Jesus Christ, we are called to have plans as well. You know, many young people, like I said, don't have a plan when they complete high school. When I graduated from high school, uh, I didn't have a plan. I, I wanted to become an NBA basketball player right out of high school. That's not a joke. <laughs> but for some of you, you could tell that probably wasn't going to happen. Amen, right? So my dad said, you know what, I'm going to help you with a plan, Jason. And I said, all right. He said, what your plan is, is you're going to join the army. I said, wait a minute, Dad, that's, that's not a part of the plan. You see, I grew up as an army brat my whole life. And the last thing that I ever was going to do was join the army. Right when I turned 17, my dad took me down to the MEP station, and I signed off on the dotted line. And that summer, I was headed to basic training. Oh, I was so angry with my parents. They had no idea what they were talking about, what they were doing. But as I look back now, uh, I've been in the Army for 15 years, and I can retire pretty soon from the Army. I'm 34 years old, and I think about all the blessings I received from being in the military and from, I want to say, obeying my parents' wishes, even though it was forced, but I like to say obey, amen. But they helped me with this process of thinking about the next steps. And for young people this morning, I want to say this to you. Honor your father and mother. Listen to counsel. Even though it doesn't seem like it, your mom and dad do know best. And they're looking out for your best interest. And they want to see you progress in your life. And they're helping you with next, next steps. So you ought to listen to them. You ought to obey them and honor what they say. Young people need counsel. And when I look across the auditorium this morning, I'm seeing a lot of gray hair. And that's a good thing, right? That's a good thing. That's a good thing. And I say that as I look at Scripture, in the book of Proverbs, it says a gray head or gray hair is a crown of glory, right? That's a wonderful thing. So as I look across the auditorium this morning, I'm seeing a lot of wisdom. And I think, young people, we need to attach ourselves to some people here that know a lot better than we do. And just listen. Because that's a wonderful thing. God had a plan, and we ought to have plans too. Next passage, Genesis chapter 1 and verse number 26. In the natural progression of things, he created the world, and then he, tried, he, did, he did something that was so, so interesting. He decided to create man. I don't know why he did that. But he decided to create us. And here's what scripture said. Then God said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over the livestock and over all the earth and over all the creatures that move along the ground. God had a plan from the very beginning. The last step was, I'm going to create man. And I have a job that I want men and women to do. So he had a plan, and we get to witness that plan, and that communicates to me that we are part of that plan. But don't you wish that was just the end of the story? 
that God created man and woman and we got to live in the Garden of Eden forever, feasting on, you know, the best organic apples and fruits and veggies. But that's not the end of the story. I wish it was. Then in chapter 3, there enters another character who completely destroys or tries to destroy God's plan and purpose in the world. Genesis chapter 3 says this, Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, Oh, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. So here, stage right, comes in this new character by the name of Satan. And you know what his whole job description is? It's to destroy the plans of God. To destroy commencements to destroy new beginnings because we serve a God that is all about new beginnings and next steps. Satan comes into the picture and he says, I want to tear that up. I want to tear it apart. I want to ruin it. And that's his whole purpose and plan. By nature, Satan is a destroyer. The very reason we die in the flesh is because of our mistake in the beginning. So now in the flesh, we have to deal with sickness. We have to deal with pain. We have to deal with cancer. We have to deal with the loss of loved ones. We have to deal with getting older and moving on because Satan came in to destroy God's perfect plan. We have to deal with struggles in the faith. Satan wants nothing more than to destroy your faith. He can't stand the fact this morning that you are a Christian. He wants to destroy every aspect of that spirituality in your life, and he uses other people and situations to do it. Satan is a destroyer. He wants to destroy your family this morning. He can't stand the fact that you have a loving relationship, that the husband loves the wife as Christ loves the church, and the wife submits to the husband. He can't stand that. So he tries to reorganize the definition of what marriage really is in culture today. He can't stand that you have faithful children and that you're raising them up in the Lord. He can't stand that. He wants to destroy that. and He's doing everything in his power. He really can't stand the Mission Viejo Church of Christ. He's upset that we're meeting this morning. He's upset that we're worshiping God the Father in spirit in truth this morning. He's upset that we have smiles on our faces and that we love one another. Satan wants to destroy this place. He can't stand it. Satan wants to destroy your joy and take it away from you and make you a negative Nancy. I hope there's no Nancys here this morning, but you can be positive too. <laughs> he wants to destroy your love for one another. He wants to take away and destroy your peace. And he wants to destroy the lives of young people. He is a destroyer. He can't stand that God has a plan, and he's trying to trip you up in your next steps. And that's what he does. Now, I want to look at a couple of passages where we see Satan enter the picture and try to destroy God's plans. Genesis chapter 37 and verse number 27 and 28, 
You all know this story very well. Story of Joseph. Loved by his father. Special child. Insomuch that God, or the, his father made him a special coat. And he had very special dreams, right? And he would tell these dreams to his big brothers. And the brothers couldn't stand it. And they said, you know what? We're going to try to kill you. Satan entered into the picture, but God had a plan and purpose for Joseph. Satan was trying to destroy that plan. So we get to this text. The brothers are fed up with Joseph and said, we've got to get rid of this kid. We've got to do something with him. So here in this text, it says, come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay our hands on him. After all, he is our brother. Thank you for the grace there. Appreciate that. He's our own flesh and blood. His brothers agreed. So when the Midian merchants came by, his brother pulled Joseph out of the cistern and sold him for 20 shekels of silver to the Ishmaelites who took him to Egypt, trying to foil and destroy God's purposes in Joseph's life. But guess what? That's not the end of the story. As we read the end of the story, we know that God was with him even in the midst of people trying to destroy him. And the scripture says that God elevated him in the house of Potter, and the same people that were trying to destroy him, family members that were trying to destroy him, came and now had to beg from him for some food. Is God not good? God knows what he's doing. And in the midst of difficulties, trials, and tribulations, God already has a plan. So the question is, what are you worried about? Because the scripture says all things work together for the good. So this morning, as I think about the parents of the children, the students who are graduating, I know many of you, I say many of you, you two are pointing fingers, right? Probably worried about your young ones, aren't you? What are they going to do in college? How are they going to make it? Hope they survive. Hope they do well. Hope no one discourages them. But guess what? You've raised them in the Lord. And your children are faithful disciples, so God is going to take care of them. He already has a plan and purpose for them, so there's nothing to worry about. God has a plan and purpose for us all. He's already planning our next steps as Satan tries to destroy us. You know, my daughter, Alayla, is now 11 years old. And the thing that's so interesting about Alayla Alayla could walk when she was about eight months, eight months, eight months, right? And I remember Alayla when she was about six months, which is really, really early, trying to pull herself up on the side of our bed, and she would fall down. And then she would crawl a little bit more, pull herself up, fall down. And then on occasion, she would stand up and she would try to walk to daddy and fall down, right? You know... What would have been interesting to me is if Alayla fell down and she said to me, Dad, I'm giving up on this walking thing. That'd be kind of weird, wouldn't it? Eight months. But anyway, <laughs> Dad, I, I'm quitting. I'm not, I'm not taking the next steps because this is too hard. No, what Alayla did is she kept getting up, kept getting up, started walking and walking and walking, and finally she got it. And I saw a gift in her that day. I said, God blessed her with some physical ability that some people don't have, in so much that uh, a few months ago she won MVP on her basketball team. 
Her dad was the coach, but that's not a bias there. <laughs> She's that good, though. <laughs> she never got discouraged. She always thought about the next step. And that's what I want to remind you this morning. We've had trials, difficulties, tough things in our lives. Our young people have experienced difficulties. But if you constantly live in the past, you'll never be able to think about moving forward and taking your next step. And what I love about our church here is we're constantly taking next steps. What do we need to do to grow, to improve, to get better? We're constantly thinking about the next. And I would encourage you in your life, always think about the next step. Don't dwell and stay in the past. Don't live there because that's exactly where Satan wants you. But we constantly focus forward and we work on taking the next step. Another story, Luke chapter 22, verses 60 through 62. Peter made a terrible mistake here, didn't he? Peter replied, man, I don't know what you're talking about. Just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed. The Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word the Lord had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. You guys remember this story in the Gospels. Jesus was going to be crucified, and oh, presumptuous Peter said, Lord, I'll follow you wherever you go. There's nothing that's going to turn me away from you. I'm always going to be on fire for you. And Jesus said, yeah, right. When troubles come, you're going to deny me. Peter said, no way. And then we continue on in the story, and here's what happened. I don't know the man. Satan entered into the picture, got into Peter, and messed him up. But guess what? Once again, that's not the end of the story. Peter repented. Jesus accepted him back, and he became a pillar in the church today. It's powerful, powerful story. Satan put denial in Peter's heart, trying to destroy God's plan. And I want to say to you this morning, if you ever make a mistake, repent, don't dwell on it, and get back on the horse. Because all of us make mistakes, and we can dwell in that, or we can say, you know what, I made a mistake, but I'm going to get back up, and I'm going to try again. And that goes with anything in life. You might be struggling with addiction, struggling with finances, struggling with that. You make the list. When you fall down, get back up. Take your next step. God is pleased when you do just that. Lastly, I want to remind you of this. John chapter 10 and verse number 10. You can highlight this one in your Bibles if you haven't yet. Remind you of who this character Satan is. He's a thief. And the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. What I love about the God that we serve so much is he wants us to always be looking forward, working on taking our next steps. And as I think about our uh, high school graduates and maybe even some of our college graduates, they're in a place right now where they're thinking about taking the next step and what that looks like. And what we've got to do is just continually remind them that God is with them they can overcome any obstacles and challenges that they face if they keep focused and keep moving forward. But guess what? That message is here for us today as well. 
We have situations, trials, difficulties in our lives. I would encourage you to keep focus, keep moving forward, keep walking in faith. Don't let anybody discourage you. Don't let Satan cause you to live in that rut. Keep moving forward and see what God does in your life. The greatest new beginning or new step that we can ever take is found in the man, Jesus Christ. And by way of invitation this morning, if there is someone here that is not a Christian, I would encourage you to take that next step and put Jesus Christ on in baptism. You believe that he is the Son of God. You do. The question I have for you is, how come you haven't taken that next step of being baptized in water? The scripture says when you are baptized in water, your sins and everything you did in the past is washed away and you are now filled with the Holy Spirit. And God has a plan and purpose for you in that. This morning, if you're a Christian and you've been falling off the horse left and right, making the same silly mistakes over and over and over, I want to say this to you. Stop having a pity party, right? Get back up and keep moving. Keep fighting. Take the next step. Don't let Satan destroy what God is doing in your life. We have a song of invitation selected. If there is anyone here this morning that would like to respond to the message, you can come while we stand and sing this song.